Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. As you know, the premiers are meeting in Winnipeg this week. Always important to have the premiers meeting. Sometimes they actually do something. Quite often it's a flurry of news releases followed by nothing. Or almost nothing. The Canadian Medical Association will have a major role to play, and I really believe Canada's doctors, and particularly in the last few years, two, three years, have taken such a proactive and positive approach to correcting health care. I'm very impressed with what the doctors are, are calling for. They're looking for uh, governments to work toward eliminating hospital emergency department closures within three years adding 7,500 net new family physicians across the country over five years and 15,000 over 10 years. It's a lot more the doctors want to talk to the premiers about. And we're delighted to speak uh, for the first time with Dr. Kathleen Ross. Dr. Ross is the president-elect of the Canadian Medical Association. Dr. Ross, thank you for joining us and congratulations on your, on your, uh, elect- on your election. Thank you very much, and it's a pleasure to be here. Um, I'm going to ask you about your personal as a family doctor, well, let me do this right now. We have about 6 million Canadians without a family doctor, which is a massive number. So these Canadians, if they are in trouble, they'll go to a walk-in clinic or they'll go to an emergency room. We now have emergency rooms in smaller communities closing in Canada on weekends because they just don't have the staffing. Would you give us your perspective on the family physician issue and then what is it, what's the message that you and the Canadian Medical Association are going to bring the premiers, particularly on the issue of family doctors? Well, first I'd start out of the gate saying that across the country, governments are demonstrating a commitment to health care in a way that we haven't seen for a long time. Um, and understanding uh, that all people need a trusted primary care giver to, to return to for those chronic conditions, mental health, maternal and child care and other basic needs is, uh, is, is definitely top of mind. So as a family physician who's done comprehensive care for the last three decades, I definitely do see things eroding. Uh, and the expectations on family physicians are at an all-time high from you know, increasingly complex and aging population, uh, you know, those silos of care that we always speak about, uh, inadequate or inefficient technological solutions, how we manage our data and forms, and, and then really the moral injury that we experience getting patients the care that they need in a timely fashion. All of these things are, are aligning now and are definitely reflected in what we're calling for the governments to address as they, uh, as they meet this week. It's a difficult job, very difficult job to be a family doctor. I've talked to a number of doctors recently and they tell me they spend more time on satisfying bureaucratic requirements like filling out forms than they actually spend treating patients which just seems so wrong. 
Well, certainly as an early adopter of electronic medical <laughs> solutions in my own practice, we, we thought this was going to solve our challenges, but it, has, uh, it hasn't really done that. Uh, but the, I mean, administrative burden is just so many things. There's, there's a certain amount of administration that needs to go into charting and managing patient records, whether in hospital or in community, but really targeting you know, redundancies, looking at lab test results more than once is a common one that I hear. Uh, low value tasks, uh, also a big challenge, but uh, the administrative work is there, but it's more the burden that we feel uh, at, at times, that exhaustion, dread, frustration, wanting to spend more time with patients and yet having to uh, have to spend it on the paperwork and, and other management techniques. It has, a, it has a toll for sure. Yeah, and I spoke with one of your predecessors a few years ago who pointed out that doctors are retiring more quickly than the general population and we just cannot uh, afford that. Um, let's talk about, if you will, please share with us the... The, the view that you're going to bring to the to the uh, premiers on uh, uh, a pan-Canadian health workforce planning, so scaling up team-based primary care, which I think is really significantly positive if we, if, if we can do it in this country. And because we're, we're massively large, it sounds like it's really manageable. It is more manageable in a country the size of Switzerland, but the size of Canada, it becomes a bit of a geographical and sometimes a weather issue. But uh, talk to us about that, please. And also, I know this is extremely important to the doctors in this country, the CMA, expanding the mobility of health professionals. That's something that has been bureaucratically um, not possible or not necessarily possible. How do you, uh, how do you, how do you see that happening? So we're already starting to see a regional licensure in uh, in the Atlantic provinces to allow mobility in, uh, between those provinces for trained physicians. We have to recognize that what, what roles or what gaps are we trying to fill? And realistically, we're looking at sustainability uh, in many areas. So to have uh, opportunities for locum physicians to come into rural or remote communities, whether that's to replace uh, folks that are going on holiday, maternity leave, educational leave, that actually improves sustainability of resources in those rural communities. But there are also specialty areas where uh, moving from one province to another province that may not have those specialty services in their region becomes critically important. We're just trying to encourage mobility for physicians the same way that you would if you had a driver's license in one province crossing over to another province. Uh, but the, uh, the opportunity to, to fill gaps and meet needs in an, in an urgent way for emergencies, but in a more longitudinal way to improve sustainability in these areas is going to be critically important. You're right. We have a we have a big gap of uh, of 6.5 we think million uh, patients unattached uh, to primary care at the moment, and and as our current family physicians, which by the way have an average age of 51 years, uh, retire or decrease their workload as we head into retirement, uh, looking to care for their own children or elders, or reducing their office hours to meet rising needs, working in you know an emergency department or hospitalist work or or carry uh, carry extra burden in obstetrics care. These are these are challenges that are that are rapidly progressing towards us, and we need to be open and transparent in naming them and tracking them and and putting in places metrics that we can know things are improving. Doctor Ross, let me um, let me ask you then about uh, uh, emergency department closures. Can we uh, can we just address that? And and how I know that they're closing in in smaller communities. We said that, but they're overcrowded, and there's a lot of wait time, and some people are really struggling. 
when their health while they're waiting to be seen at a at an emergency room. Some of that has to do with the uh, six and a half million Canadians who have no family doctor. But you have expectations, or you have a you have a plan for the premiers to adopt as far as this is concerned. Tell us about that. I think our goal is really to have clearly shareable and understandable data about our healthcare services and indices, you know, measurements that we can say, this is what we're looking for from a population. And I think uh, these metrics that we've proposed are a way of starting to track where are the gaps and setting that long horizon. We need that three-year, five-year, 10-year horizon. Where are we going and how are we going to get there? Emergency departments are, are likely going to be in crisis for the foreseeable future because of our challenges with our with our number of humans, you know, our staff that's working there, not just physicians and nurses, but other care providers as well. Uh, and it's very important that we understand we want to move forward. So having a good goal in mind is the first step. You mentioned primary care. Absolutely. A lack of access to primary care is a problem. Many people do wind up in the emergency department for lack of those basic health services, but people wind up in the emergency department because of delayed diagnoses as well. And that can relate to difficulty accessing things like uh, ultrasound, CT scan, MRI. It can, uh, it can really disrupt the trajectory of a patient's care that they might otherwise receive in the community. So, so let's talk a bit about uh, the delivery of care. One of the objectives of the Canadian Medical Association, I'm just reading from your news release here, increasing the percentage of priority procedures delivered within medically acceptable wait time benchmarks to 80% within five years and 90% within 10 years. For some people, it's going to sound like a long time, 10 years, but this ship moves slowly and it's, if you'll pardon me, it's uh, top heavy with bureaucracy. But um, let's talk about the availability of what you just talked about, the procedures, the diagnostic procedures. You know, you need an MRI. Well, you can have one in three years. Or you need to see the specialist. Well, you can see the specialist in two years. Or you need this procedure done in order so we can define and determine what's going on with you. Well, we don't have any, anybody right now. Are you willing to travel 50 miles and be seen at 11 o'clock at night? These are all issues that need hurdles. Issues, hurdles that need to be addressed. Talk to us about that. The uh, just making the priority procedures deliverable within the accepted wait time benchmarks. Yeah, I think that's very important, actually. But again, if we have those goals set where we're headed uh, and we're not able to meet those goals, so tracking the metrics and things we're measuring is really, really important. And then understanding the challenge. But I also think that engaging Canadians is going to be super important. And exactly what you said, most of the Canadians now are, are aware that the healthcare system we've really been proud of for a long time does need to modernize uh, we need to be sharing and engaging with our elected officials about our experiences with healthcare and any gaps that they've uh, that they've experienced, and that's to really help inform that cyclical learning process. But we cannot know that changes that we make today, investments that we make today, are leading to tangible changes unless we have some way to measure and track where we are on our trajectory towards the goals. Mm-hmm. Now, it's one thing for me to say to you, I heard, and I heard recently, as recently as a couple of months ago from uh, Dr. LaFontaine, about hundreds of thousands of surgeries here, uh, your outgoing president of the CMA, uh, that hundreds of thousands of surgeries have been postponed because of uh, backlogs. I've talked to patients who've said they've suddenly been made to uh, receive notification that there's no surgery. The surgeries that were planned are not going to be carried out. 
We know there are diagnosed cancer patients who are not getting any treatment, any treatment at the specialist level because, well, they just have to wait. The wait, the lineup is overwhelming. These are issues that, these are real-time today issues that have to be addressed. And the premiers have the responsibility to work with you. I mean, nobody understands the situation better than Canada's doctors and nurses who are on the front lines of the, and paramedics who are on the front lines. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree with you more. And, uh, and I think we actually do need to make sure that we're moving in the right direction. I think we're all pulling in the same direction now and uh, opening the dialogue about what citizens expect from their healthcare system, what we're able to reasonably provide and what timeline and measuring that uh, will allow us to say, okay, we need these changes, it's better. But at the core of the services that we provide is that human resource factor. Uh, and, you know, it's impossible to increase our number of surgeries that we do unless we actually have enough nurses to be in the operating room, enough doctors to, mm-hmm. to actually operate on you. And the, uh, the physical space is part of it, but it's that human uh, challenge that we're facing right now. There's no question this has been evolving for a while and, and it's not going to it's not going to be solved overnight, but we need to have that trajectory of where we're headed. Uh, and I don't think we've had that to date. So that's where we're headed. Dr. Ross, you're a family physician in British Columbia. So what is the what is the greatest concern, the greatest frustration, the greatest challenge that you face in your position as a family doctor who also does uh, other act, uh, is involved in other activities. Uh, that's not the right word. Specialties like cardiac care. What is the what is the most frustra- frustrating issue that you face personally? I th- I think my twenty four hours in my day is not enough. I need like thirty hours in a day. That would be really helpful. Uh, honestly, the need is just great. It, there's there's more need in our in our patients and their caregivers than what we are able to to provide right now. Allowing, you know, the move towards team-based care to free up time from from my type of job, my family physician job, to do on direct patient care, the things that I need to do and allow others in that team to take on work uh, that could be done by others. Okay, we have 30 seconds. Do you find patients are getting frustrated? I think patients have been frustrated for a long time, but providing them with a, a long end game of where we're headed and how we're going to measure our, our progress towards these goals will help to lessen that frustration. Honesty, transparency in our health data and our healthcare system metrics are going to build citizen confidence. And, and I think we can modernize our system. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.